month, showering you with bitter little raindrops or slicing you with icy blasts of wind just when you thought it was warming up. Still, she was pleased with the flowers. There were lilies, forsythia and flag iris and tons of daffodils, though, of course, they wouldn't be mixing with the others. Daffs were poisonous to other flowers. Poison. The thought stopped her rummaging through her tools. Phyllis was worried. She was one of those rare people who feel uncomfortable with gossip. The backbiting, which was so much a part of parish life, worried her. It seemed there was nobody she could talk to about the information that was wriggling away in her brain, like the nasty little caterpillars they sometimes found in the chrysanthemums at Harvest Festival. She heard the porch door at the back of the church creak and swing open, and Susie Spencer shouted, Are you there, Phyllis? Carrying the lilies, Phyllis nudged open the vestry door. She caught sight of Susie's cropped bright highlights in the final shaft of silvery sun through the rose window. Yes, Susie, I'm fine. I'm just doing the lilies now. I'm so glad we splashed out on the errands. There's no need to stay. I know you're busy. You get away. Oh, thanks, Phyllis. I've got to get the kids on the 6.15 train to their dads. I understand, dear. You ought to hurry. Susie raised her hand in a wave and disappeared. She was an unlikely helper, Phyllis thought. Two children, a job in media, and a husband, if he was her husband who was obviously living somewhere else. And surprisingly, it had been Phyllis's dear friend, the late Mary Clark, who'd recruited Susie Spencer. Not really our type, Mary had said briskly to Phyllis, but she was hanging round the church and she seemed to need something to do. Phyllis was surprised at Mary's interest. Mary had been conventional and judgmental sometimes. There was no doubt Susie's lifestyle as a harassed working mum had clashed with Mary's perfect housekeeping standards. Susie often missed the meetings of the Flower Arrangers group. At the last gathering, one or two of the others had taken the chance to bitch about her, something Mary had done constantly before she died. Phyllis had said nothing, but it had made her feel awkward. Yvonne Waite, a smart, single woman in her forties with a bell of glossy dark hair, had groaned, I see Susie Spencer isn't here again. I don't see why she can't be a bit more organised. Anyone would think having two children meant your brain was on hold. Yvonne was an administrator at the local hospital. Phyllis had said quietly, Well, she does work as well, you know. Oh, I really don't agree with working mothers. Tall, faded, fair-haired Jane Simpson had added regally. Jane lived in Tarnfield House and had one grown-up son who'd spent most of his adolescence at boarding school. Phyllis had sighed. She could remember when Jane had been just Jane Strickland, a girl from the village with secret pretensions. 
Phyllis had never really liked Lady Jane, with good reason, but she was far too mild-mannered to let the past intrude. Monica Bell from Bell's Woodyard had tried to change the subject. Well, whatever you think of Susie Spencer, we need her energy. No one else can get up the ladders to put up those floral swags on the pillars. Monica, small and stocky, was always practical. Her husband, Frank, had fixed great hooks into the church masonry to hold trailing displays of flowers, and, like Frank himself, they were big, solid, and just a bit awkward. It was a great relief to Monica that Susie Spencer was agile enough to get up the ladder to them. Monica was too heavy, Jane was too grand, Yvonne was too smartly dressed, and poor Phyllis was limited by her arthritis.